You're listening to Why Is My PC Slow, the podcast with Clint Huffman and Jeff Stokes. This is Cortana announcing show number one, with guests Tom and Joanne Cantor. Recorded Wednesday, October 16, 2019. Why Is My PC Slow, the podcast is produced each week by Huffestus LLC. You can find us on Twitter at ClintH and at WindowsPerf. Music by Mike Losinger. We're pretty much going to make this a working session more so than a podcast episode, simply because uh, we need to get more data off this thing. The main thing that we've been dealing with, the, so the conversations I have with, have with Jeff uh, offline with this was that um, I I can barely get any data off of this device simply because it's in a constant state of uh, hangingness, if that's a word. Oh, Kristen is a word if uh, if if it isn't. But um, every as soon as it boots up, it's constantly grinding against disk. And even 20 minutes later, with it still on, it's still grinding against disk the whole time. Um, you know, I, I work for Microsoft. I, I make, uh, make no hidden things of that. Um, but I'm starting to think that uh, with the latest version of Windows, I dare say that uh, they are they have uh, solid-state drives, or they're assuming solid-state drives on everybody's Windows PCs. And uh, this, this PC is only about three or four years old, uh, which means that uh, anybody with uh, antiquated hard hard drives, you know, the spindled hard drives, are going to have a bad experience out of the, out of the, the gates, um, even with nothing wrong necessarily with this device. It's just the grind of the common maintenance of windows we have this uh what i'm attaining him uh you know my day job um doing a lot of performance troubleshooting and things like that and whenever i see the spindle drives it inevitably comes down to a conversation like this where it's like you know it's just if you have windows then you have antivirus and then you have ids and you have a custom firewall and then you have a a deployment agent to deploy software and you have this and you have that it's like it's just too busy for a spindle almost you know yeah everything wants the attention of the spindle uh and no i that's the other thing i want to make sure that this is clear that i did check the event logs uh because uh, for the listeners who are maybe listening to this if this becomes a an episode um if you suspect that your hard drive might be going bad on the on the device check your system event logs and you can right click on the start menu and then go to event viewer and then click on the uh, the windows logs and then system and in there look for a category of disk and if you see a bunch of those like write failures or read failures that are constantly happening that's usually an indicator that the disk is going bad or it's going it's going to have some problems soon and and you might want to do like check disk and other things like that to just see how bad the situation is with that um, it is some of the feedback that Joe gave me on the last uh, episode is that he's like, you guys put out a lot of tools and talked a lot about tools. Um, he's like, I, he's like, I'm not even familiar with half the tools you guys are talking about. So, yeah, that's fair to even take it a step further. I mean, there's you know, obviously PowerShell where you can check the status and health of your storage, um, where, you know, the spindle drive if it's having issues would certainly report in there, but that's kind of an advanced thing. Um, but it'll also report on SSD predictive write failure, which you know is another issue with solid states. Yeah, I, I feel I must interject momentarily. Um, I could see the password being entered on Joe's laptop. Ah, thank you very much. Uh, Good eye. Yeah, um, that's probably another reason why we only wanted. That's why. That's another reason why I thought about that. Doing the analysis would be a non-podcast thing because of potential privacy issues. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for that that comment, Tom. By the way, Tom, we didn't really introduce Tom in the in the last podcast. Uh, he's one of our silent listeners, uh, along with his wife Joanne. Uh, they're longtime friends of mine that uh, just wanted this. That, uh, that I'm really happy to have them on board and seeing the maiden voyage of this uh, podcast going on. <laughs> so, have, have Tom, have you and, and Jeff met before? Or Joanne, you guys, have you guys all met Jeff before? Uh, no, we have not. Not had yeah, the I don't think so. 
Oh. Uh, definitely next time that you're in town, Jeff, I'll definitely have to have a little uh, get together. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, just so everybody knows, I'm trying to set this to sleep so that turn off sleep so it actually stays up. I'm actually trying to click the start button here. I'm not sure if this is touch or not, but I am clicking on the start button and oh. it's not responding. Now, obviously, you know, the mouse is moving and we're actually getting mouse overs off things here, uh, but we are... Not actually starting up. The um, One of the things we could look at doing is modifying the power plant on the device from balance. That's what Windows ships with. Although this is an OEM, so it might have a custom plan. But typically those are set to a conservative, you know, save the battery type thing. Completely agree. Yeah. The uh, Yeah. We're, we're, like I'm, I'm actually trying. There we go. Finally got the start menu just to show itself there. Wow. So I'm, I'm hitting the start key uh, keyboard. There we go. Okay, so now I can do settings. And as you can see, this thing's just grinding. Let me uh, try to bring up task scheduler or task manager. Uh, again, I'm going to do the control shift escape, three finger combo to get the task manager up because the, during these times where we're just dragging on system resources, uh, doing that control shift escape helps out immensely. And we there we go. Folks, you have disk. While the system is thinking about, while my system is thinking about the video, I want to set the uh, power policy so it doesn't go to sleep here. Because the problem is it goes to sleep 20 minutes into it and it still hasn't finished updates and stuff like that. So it's still grinding against all that. Okay, so I'm going to set power and sleep here. So I'm at settings and I go to system and I'm now at the power and sleep section. And I'm going to say when plugged in, turn off as never. There we go. Um, and then that's the screen and then sleep, turn off after never. Well, that's really, cause I, I really just want to see when this thing finally settles down. Well, if it's applying updates, obviously those are one-time actions. Is it, is it missing updates? It was, yeah, it was doing a major update. Um, yeah, it was doing yeah, some of the cumulative updates are pretty big, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so yeah, disk is, I mean, the, so what I was getting at earlier was looking at the event logs, the system event logs, I, I could tell that the disk is, um, there was no disk-related events, which tells me that the disk is healthy, that we're not actually seeing any degradation of it. Furthermore, uh, when I brought up performance monitor, because task manager I don't think is necessarily that accurate with this, but when I brought up performance monitor, uh, I was actually seeing upwards around 20 to 30 megabytes per second, which is what I would expect for our spindle drive. Yeah, that's sort of the cap right there. Exactly, which means that it's it's operating um, healthy, power drive, doing the best it can with the uh, with the performance that it can do. Um, so you want me to get uh, a WP Windows Performance Trace, right? Yeah. And you, you said we didn't get one before, right? No, I haven't been able to run the tools. Because one of the screenshots you sent looked like it was the end of it. Uh, yeah, I was trying to run Okay. It. Yeah, I never got a chance to actually run it, run it. Because uh, I want to see if there's any filter drivers that are actually slowing this down, too. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, just as you can see, it just everything is not responding when it comes up. It's just so saturated. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I also want to run auto runs on this at some point because uh, I want to see if there's a bunch of things that are starting up that shouldn't be, making sure that they are trusted software that's running on it, that kind of stuff. Well, you know what you can do that's in boxes at msconfig? It has a startup area where you can hide all the Microsoft stuff. Oh, yeah? Or, oh, well, no, I lied. Sorry. Uh, looks like they moved it to Task Manager. To manage startup items, use the startup section of Task Manager. Huh. Well, that's the thing. Um, let me. Sh I don't know if you can see it on your screen here, but all of the stuff comes up not measured. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Actually, I have a machine that I've rebooted several times, and I still have things not measured. I don't know what, what the criteria is for it to get measured. Oh, yeah, it is saying Open Task Manager, yeah. But this is a miserable user experience. You know, oh, I mean, it is. what, 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes in, and 
you still yeah. can't get a window to respond reliably. Still grinding against disk. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not seeing anything obvious, you know, that was done wrong here. Um, I don't see any erroneous software or any suspicious software. I don't see any of that. I have an idea. Um, Is the drive almost full? No, I checked that. Okay. Already did. Yeah, that's part of yeah. That was the other thought. My thought too, because yeah, if it's, but then it would wouldn't be performing as well, right? It'd be still running slow. So that's a good point. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I did. I did do this PC um, and run that. That shows the initial uh, the disk size and stuff. And they know it's it's about half full. Okay, that's reasonable. Yeah, I was going to show performance monitor and the number, the amount of uh, counters here uh, for performance. Um, but yeah, just looking at average disk queue length, mm -hmm. look at that. Can you see that? No, it's too whitewashed. 24. Oh, yeah, that's a lot for one spindle. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't understand what that is, um, average disk queue length is the number of outstanding uh, I/O request packets that are waiting on disk. It's like having a single uh, cashier at a fast food restaurant and then 25 people in line. So all 25 people uh, placed orders and now waiting for their food. So that's and you got one person, one cook, who is then uh, trying to provide for all of those uh, those orders. Yeah, so it's uh, 320 gigabytes free. It's a like looks like it's almost a one terabyte drive. Okay. So it's certainly not anywhere out of it. So all right, uh, let me see if I can grab the USB drive and get some tools on here. Um, all right, just copying the tools. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check. I'll have to run a quick check to see what version of Windows this is. I'm I'm willing to bet it's 19H1 or 19H2, one of the two, because it just got updated. I was doing some performance analysis on a machine today and uh, found out that the BIOS on it was from 2014. Which, if you'll recall, 2014 Windows 10 wasn't out yet. Oh yeah. Okay. And they were on BIOS version 1.01. The most current one was 1.48. Wow. Yeah. At, at dot .36, it supports Windows 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. hard drive firmware updates go pretty quick, too. We were testing out some firmware updates on some uh, hard drives um, on my team. And um, and then the then I'm like, yeah, the hard drive kind of goes out from underneath it every so often. And uh the, yeah, the expert for that area came over, came by, and he looked at. It, he's like, "What firmware version is the hard drive on?" And I never heard of you know, firmware on a hard drive, really. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like 48 versions behind. <laughs> wow. Yeah, back in the early days of SSDs, it was common to get firmware updates all the time. I remember that back in the Win Seven era. All right, so in case we have people listening, uh, I am trying to run the Windows Performance Toolkit. It's part of the Windows SDK and the Windows ADK, which are the assessment um, development kit, or get what they called it. Um, and then within that Windows Performance Toolkit, I'm running Windows Performance Recorder. Uh, in this case, WPRUI.exe. We wanted to log the USB stick, right? Yeah. How do we do that, Jeff? Uh, we want to have to follow the command line for that. Oh, so we need to drop to command line? Yeah, and you use uh, just WPR. All right, let me bring up uh, CMD, uh, admin rights here. Right-click on CMD, administrator. I just wrote a blog post on this back in September. Ah, good. Timely. Okay, uh, and, and I want to change directory to, I think it came up as F. Yeah. And did you do that registry key or no? That I gave you. Okay, so what registry key? It was the one to tell Windows to boot up the USB stick at boot. Oh, where did you put that? Uh, that is in Teams somewhere. Hang on a second. Ah, well, I'm on a different PC than that. Oh, I've got it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Here, I'll start up Bragg Edit. Yeah, I see it. Hang on a second. All right, just walk me you through ready? the path. Yeah, walk yeah. me through the path. HQ local machine. Okay. System. Current control set, services, 
And then look for USB STOR. USB STOR, got it. Then do you see a start value in there? I see the just says start. And there's no it's value. A, it's a D word. Yeah. Uh, value of three. Change it to a zero. Okay. So for those listening, if you happen to be doing this, first thing you should do before modifying the registry is take a backup. Back up the registry, yes, or back up the key. So uh, the way you do that, select your item here, go to File, uh, and Export. I'll just put it on the desktop here, and I'll just call it, uh, I don't know, USB store-backup.reg. All right, so you verify that I actually got my backup, and I do. Okay, so I got the reg file here. Good. Okay, so you saying change the start value to what? Zero. Zero. All right, mm -hmm. so I'll just change it to zero. Do or does this require a reboot or anything? Uh, well, we're going to reboot as part of our process, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for the command line to uh, type on the E drive? Let me switch it over. This is all oh, this. He has it where he, it, the taskbar hides on it, so I really hate that. Change it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pet peeve of mine here. Uh, automatically hide the taskbar in talent mode. No. Uh, where is that? I think if you right-click on it, um, there's a um, oh, taskbar. It'll take you to taskbar settings, but I think you're already there, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in taskbar settings now, yeah. It's the second option, automatically hide in desktop mode. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so I got that. Uh, let me bring up command line, and what do we type in? So this is interesting. We're actually using the WPR, so the command line of the, the UI program you're used to, right? All right. So it's a WPR space, and then minus sign, and then we're telling it boot trace. So just boot trace, all one word. Okay. And then space, and then uh, minus sign again, and then we're going to type add boot, all one word, A-D-D-B-O-O-T. Okay. And then space, and then CPU. Just just the word CPU? Yeah, CPU, and then space. And then okay. basically we're doing an add boot for each one of the switches we want. So another oh, okay. dash add boot, and then okay. I would do like disk I.O. Okay, as a single word, disk I.O.? Right, yep. And then we'll okay. add mini filter also. So do another add boot, and then just write out the word mini filter. I've had, you know... On and off again, mini filter working and not working for me at times. Uh, any ideas why that doesn't record sometimes? Not in Win 10. In Win 7, I think there was a hot fix you had to have for it to actually work. Okay. For those who aren't familiar with uh, mini filter, mini filters are the uh, filter drivers that um, every time an application wants to get data off of disk or network or any type of IO related uh, thing in Windows, um, it has to go through all of the mini filters, all the filters that are, it's like a whole gauntlet. It's like all these drivers are lined up in a row, ready to beat down the IO as it goes through the corridor. Uh, and if you have a really, really bad one that just says, hey, let's just take you to take you over here and hang you for about 30 seconds, then that can be a really bad experience. So that's oh, yeah. that's another reason why we want mini filter here, really just to see how long it takes to get through that gauntlet of uh, filter drivers. Yeah. So let's continue. Uh, so I got WPR dash boot trace dash add boot CPU dash add boot disk IO dash add boot mini filter. And then uh, that should be it. It should be in or after that. Okay. Uh, and then, but this will then reboot, right? Or, right. Now, we want this to go to USB. Does it already know that or intrinsically or? It's going to store it in memory and non-page pool memory space. It's going to use that as a buffer. Right. And then um, when we boot up, we open a command prompt, go to the E drive and tell it to stop. Or we don't have to go to the E drive. But you just you tell it to stop by uh, doing WPR dash uh, stop, and then give it the path of e colon backslash. Oh, so we still have to manually tell it to stop. Right. I, I think we could run WPR UI and have it prompt us, but I've never actually tried that. Okay, so the so the so the registry key setting it to zero just it knows to go to USB. I, I'm confused oh. for how it knows to write to USB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I am missing a step. Thank you very much. Thank you for digging in. <laughs> um, yeah, give me a second here. 
I'll take a drink of my beer. We want... For those who, uh, while he's digging up with that, I actually wanted to do all of these episodes from a brewery. Because I, to me, this is my favorite thing to do, uh, is, is uh, digging into these things and stuff. And I want to combine all my favorite things, and that is drinking at a brewery. Um, but unfortunately, the sound wasn't so good. The, the It was, you know, uh, I mean, even though the the, prep, the, the owner wanted to accommodate uh, and everything, he even gave me a quote-unquote quiet area of the brewery. But it always seemed to to increase the uh, the echo from the other room. Um so uh, as much as I would absolutely love to do these at, at a brewery, uh, I just can't find the quiet space. And audio is really, really important. So I just had to accept the, the fate here to do it here at home instead. So, All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So what you do is at the end of our add boots, we do okay. a dash space dash file mode. Okay. And then space dash record temp two. All of and that's a uh, record temp to, right? Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. And then do e colon backslash and then, you know, I mean, that should be enough. I can record to the root of E, I imagine. So e colon backslash what? Just, Just e colon backslash. Do I need give it a, uh, a file name? No, no, no. This is the temp files, the user mode and kernel mode. Right. So it's going to log those to E, yeah. Right, and then we merge them together later on, right? You got it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, just for the people listening to this, uh, what we're doing is we're, we're collecting what's called ETW traces, which is uh, event tracing for Windows. Um, it is think of it as the microscope to looking at performance. Uh, it it literally gives us every context switch and every little event that's happening, and it and by us doing this, these add boots uh, CPU and disk guy. We're telling it specifically that these are the kind of events that we want to subscribe to. Very similar to you know getting a magazine subscription to your favorite magazine. Uh, we're subscribing to all of the events that are going on with these particular uh, categories and such. Um, and, and this can be literally like a couple hundred megabytes per minute at times. So we have to be really careful as to not to over collect too much information on these things. Um, so I'll go, is that it? We just go ahead and kick it off now and we can talk about the aesthetics as we do this. Okay. So I go ahead and do it. Yep. All right. I will start this up. Hopefully this thing will survive. Um, and I, you know what? I think the ad boot just tells it, Hey, next time you boot up, do this. So I think you actually do have to restart it. We have to do a restart. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, in my experience too, um, I used to do a thing called, um, Boot X-Ray, which is an offering that we had in uh, Microsoft Premiere. And all we did was set a registry key to uh, to tell it boot on next trace. Right. Yeah. It's so, called uh, Auto Logger. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Okay, I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, so I'll restart anyway here. Yeah. <clears throat> in, in a nutshell, that's, that's really what that WPR command was doing, was saying, hey, auto log at next boot. And these are the channels I want to listen to. I liken it to like a TV or, or a radio where there's all this noise out there and you just pick the ones you want to listen to. Yeah. Well, the other reason I'm saying this is because um, if we have network administrators that are listening to this, then yes, there is a way of doing this in mass across your entire organization for all the non-performing PCs that are out there on your network simply by dishing out this registry key out to all of these um, all these users through group policy or other things like that to then set that registry and then on the next reboot that they collect the tracks. So we did a little bit further with the boot X-ray where we had scheduled jobs running as PowerShell that would just uh, upload the resulting ETW traces to a centralized server at the end of that. Yeah. Makes it a lot that. easier on collecting data. Yeah. It seems I really like these elite um, uh, USB drives. I have I have a Kingston DTE G two. Do you see the disk flickering? Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's why that's why I'm saying it has an LED on it, right? You can't see it in the picture here, but let me uh, bring it around here. I see it. Yeah, you see it right there. Yeah, yeah. That's why I bought this this USB because it has an LED on it. You don't know how many times that I'm doing some kind of updates or doing something to a, a test device, 
And I'm like, is it done yet? You know, and having yeah. that LED means all the difference. I bet. That's very handy. And it's it's freaking fast, too. This thing will re-image devices in two minutes. Oh, wow. It's so fast. But it's a premium. I mean, I paid like uh, $40 for the single USB. Yeah, as opposed to getting it free, you know, for a keychain fob. Yeah, a keychain fob for that's like, you know, you know, 16 gig or something like that. Yeah. That's just super, super slow. Yeah. Now, these guys mean business. And they they have, a, they're metal, too. They're, these these, these oh, things okay. feel weighty. They feel significant, you know. So so I really like these little, uh, these little USBs. That's pretty cool. Yeah, this one happens to be a 64 gig for those who are listening. So, so it is rebooting, right? You it is rebooting. Uh, I saw it come up with the logo. Um, oh. It's still deciding whether to show us anything at this point. There we go. We got. Please wait. And this uh, obviously we are, you know, getting into the Heisenberg Stokes uncertainty principle of performance monitoring, where uh, you can't monitor without modifying. So it yep. might actually be slower, but we're getting all the data we need. It is uh, a necessity that we uh, people because like a, a lot of uh, customers and my team are like, well, yes, it'd be nice to know what was causing that problem, but how much overhead are you going to be adding to it? You know, and it's it's the whole doctor patient type of situation where you don't want to make the patient worse, but you kind of have to. It's like, well, in order to like you know investigate the, this cancerous disease you have, uh, we're going to have to have you run a marathon and watch you do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Instead of letting you rest and try to recoup from that illness, we, we need you to run a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> so, cause we need to see how you, how you behave and, and record it. So yeah, that's, it's kind of the only, uh, analogy. I, I, I'm an, I love doing analogies if you got it noticed. So <laughs> it's just uh, part of my teaching, uh, background that I love to do. And we're still at the wheel of weight. You know, I wonder how many meetings were there to decide how many more, how many of those balls there were in that ring that go around the circle. Yeah. <laughs> at least one, right? Well, one of my coworkers, uh, Christian Malith, I think, uh, he's a, a UI designer, and he he oh, tells okay. me about fluent design and and all this stuff. And uh, apparently, it's a thing. I've been hearing it on other podcasts, people talking about fluent design, and it's all about. And you can apply Fluent Design to just about everything. Like he used to help design uh, refrigerators and the layout of a refrigerator. Okay. And, you know, just the aesthetics of, you know, what's the first impression? Is it intuitive? You know, and does everybody mm -hmm. understand what the little widget is? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but for him, he would uh, he's now working on software and stuff. And uh, for me... You know, I was like, oh, I want to gather, I want to collect this, and I want the user to collect the data, but I want them to know that it's going to be overhead with it, and I, but I want to make sure that they know that it's important and that, you know, I, I give them all this information that I personally don't know how to convey to customers uh, so in a nice way, but but he has this elegant design of like, oh, yeah, we'll just do this, and a little slider here, and a little bar here, and oh, a, little cool. dot, a little line for this, and I'm like, that's brilliant, that's awesome. <laughs> So, um, well, I maybe a little bit early to announce this, but I, uh, I am officially starting pal pro. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So he's actually helping me. He's the designer for, uh, the pal pro tool. Okay. So, so what you're going to see uh, a fundamentally, okay. uh, fundamentally much more intuitive interface for pal. Nice. One of my uh, coworkers, who's a PowerShell guy, uh, Jason Wasser, he wrote a wrapper around the PAL script, so I can point it to the directory because you know I I know about well nothing about scripting. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it, it's kind of interesting that you guys were automating the the PAL data and stuff like that. Uh, that is one of the things I've been kind of working on, and and may very well be a feature of PAL Pro. Yeah is to have a PAL, quote-unquote, server. Yeah, I mean, I had a customer deliver, like, 48, 200 meg BLG files, and it's like, oh, help me out here. There's got to be a way to script this in a looper. <laughs> exactly. So, and I, I was, like, just babbling programming words, you know. Maybe we could do a loop in an array or, you know, whatever whatever tagline you need me to put in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to go to the start menu to bring up a command prompt so we can stop the trace. Uh, but this thing is so crippling slow. 
And again, no, uh, the, the hard drive is, is doing its thing. And this is, this is only a three to four year old PC. Um, but yeah, it is crippling slow, uh, because of the, uh, the hard drive. Uh, and this hard drive was fast for its time. Um, but it's just, again, I think to just windows is expecting solid state now. It certainly makes things better. I know that some WD wraps have ended that way where it's like, if, if this is the cost of doing business, you need better hardware. Uh, yeah. Understood. Okay. So I got a prompt here. Uh, maybe this is part of the boot trace. It's a, a UAC prompt, which is the user access control prompt here. Oh, you know what it might be? It might do a two minute countdown for us and wrap it all up for us nice and above. It says registry editor. Oh, I think it's just bringing up the registry editor. So. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it was just bringing up Raj Edit, so it wasn't right. part of it. Okay, so we need to tell it to stop, right? We do. Was, do we? Yeah, we do. So go to, um, well, actually, you don't even have to change drives, technically. Uh, WPR again, command lines, and then space dash stop boot, all one word. Okay, dash and, stop boot. Yep. Okay. And then we give it a um, file name, a directory. So e colon backslash bootrace.etl. Okay. So WPR space dash stop boot as a single word, space e colon backslash bootrace.etl, right? Yep. All right. Here we go. Oh, I got syntax. So we did something wrong. Dash stop boot recording file name. Dash stop boot all one word right. Uh, WPR space stop boot space and dash. Path. Huh? It's a you have to have a minus sign in front of it. Uh, which one? Of the stop boot. I, I did. Oh. Uh, well, that's awesome. Hang yeah, on it's giving me syntax. So there's something wrong. Um, yeah. Invalid command syntax. So. You know what? I wonder, did you ever find out what version of Windows he's on? I did not. I haven't checked yet. Type in WPR UI. Let it, let it launch the UI and see if it prompts to shut it off. I wonder if we don't have that option in this WPR. Let's check. It doesn't show a boot trace. Oh. So it doesn't prompt you to stop it or anything? No. Okay, uh, then we'll fall back to the old the old reliable tool of xperf. Um, so go back to the command prompt. Yep. And we'll do xperf space. So xperf.exe. Yep, space dash um, merge. Bit uh, dash what? xperf dash merge. Merge, okay. Yeah, and then, um, I'm sorry, no, let do, get rid of merge, do stop, we'll do stop. Stops the right way to do it. And um, actually, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it wants to do a dash D, actually. So just get rid of that. I'm sorry, I'm going back and forth. Xperf space dash D. So Xperf dash space. D. Yeah, okay. space dash D. Mm -hmm. And then space and then um, E colon blah, 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 you know. All right. Uh, it didn't like our autologger then? NT kernel, yeah. The instance name passed was not recognized so it's almost like it's not doing any boot wait does it say path not recognized um it says instance name passed was not recognized as a valid as valid by the wmi data provider is there an e-drive oh yes there is i'm on e-drive right now huh. um do xperf space dash status uh syntax error oh what is it it's um the PR status? Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking. We need to see if it's running the recording right now. Uh, duplicate instance of recorder running. Oh, that's because I'm running the command, the UI here. So let me run that again. Yeah, it's WPR dash status. It's not recording. Oh, so it didn't. But the USB stick lit up like a. Is there anything on the USB stick? Like, do you see two ETL files? Uh, let me check. What the heck happened? It looks like you do. Yeah, we got um, two. Uh, yeah. yeah, we two just recorded. Yep. Are they growing in size? Mm, let me check. No. Okay. Then it looks like it automatically stopped the recording for us. So here's what we do: we can merge these together. You do xperf space dash merge, and then tab for the first ETL, 
You know what I mean? Right. Like start typing it and then just hit tab. And then you grab the other one. One's user mode, one's kernel mode. And that will give it a like a final name for the results file, like merge.etl. So okay. there's a total of three ETLs in there, the two that are there now and then the one we're creating. Right. Yeah. So I've got the first one initiated. Uh, so the first one's event. The other one is system. And then a third. Yeah, which is just the name that you want to make out of the two. I'll just call it uh, merged boot trace. They're both at today's date, right? Yes. Okay. And just now, yes. Yeah. Just, or just a few minutes ago. So this is taking those two and not combining Not them enough like... space on disk. Oh, how big are they? Let me just, let me just point to the C drive here. So. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You could point to C temp or something. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Access denied. Okay. <laughs> Did you put it on C or C temp? Uh, well, I need to run an administrator command prompt. So. You weren't an administrator command prompt in that? Apparently not. I thought I was. Okay, so run an administrator command prompt, then do a WPR-status. Let's, let's see if we're actually recording. You couldn't see right. WPR.exe-status. Yeah. Is not recording. Okay. So then you just want to copy that merge command over. Yeah. Did you know that WPR is built into 10 now? Yes, I actually use that a lot. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, and I even wrote my own um, WPA uh, profiles. Oh, really? Yeah. I sent you some. I sent you some goodness. Yeah, you did, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> that. But yeah, those, those, those aren't really easy to make, I don't think. I don't think it's very intuitive. Yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, it's, uh, well, yeah, it's not too, it's, it's, it's a very... I mean, it's, it's one of those schemas and syntax of uh, let's just put every possible conceivable scenario in there. And it's, it's, it's a thing that does everything, but it's so hard to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, with the help of some, uh, some, some people, I was able to get a uh, WPA profile that uh, is all of the built-in uh, WPR UI scenarios um where we can adjust the uh, buffer size oh nice yeah yeah which is really important so yes it is looks like it actually finished um let me see if i can copy it back here and you can Let's get rid of those other two files because they're not really they're like half of a vision each you know right yeah right i just want to make see how much space i have on the drive uh, so the data drive has more space, so I'll move it to data drive. Are you on the keyboard? That's my son. You can hear him? Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just curious what that was. I didn't know if it was uh, Tom being unmuted or something. So, All right, so we got it. It's about 547 megabytes in size. Okay. It should zip is, really well. Well, that's actually surprising. I thought it would be a lot bigger than that. So Yeah. We don't know when it stopped, though. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, that too, right? So, okay, so um, I want to run auto runs on this. My turn. So, auto runs for those who are listening is a system kernels tool, which uh, which are famous tools uh, in the industry. I'm actually going to run this directly off of the internet by running, uh, going to a browser here and doing live. Well, if the browser will actually allow me to do anything. Okay, so live.sysinternals.com slash autoruns.exe. It's actually an FTP server. Well, it's kind of old school. And I am going to save this to the desktop. Okay. And run autoruns. So... I really like auto runs for people who are telling me that their PC is slow. This is my go-to tool uh, because it tells me everything that is automatically starting up on a given PC. So if you're rebooting your machine and you're constantly 
hitting a really, really slow device and it's taking forever for you. Know, like if you start, you hit boot or hit, you hit power on and you go get coffee. And by the time you get back, it's still grinding away. Uh, then you probably got things in the auto runs that are just taking way too long to, uh, to run. And oftentimes it's due to bad software. Uh, in this case, I, I doubt that there's any bad software, but you never know, right? So I'm going to go ahead and run uh, as administrator here by running file run as administrator. That allows it to see everything on the computer. Um, so yeah, I'm running as administrator at the uh, letting the hourglasses run here. Uh, but really what I'm looking for here is I'm looking for anything under the virus total um, column here that would be an indicator of a, uh, of a, of a potential virus. What virus total is, is it runs against about 68 to 70 some different antivirus engines uh, that look for malware on this device. Um, maybe a little, uh, so a little hard to see here. Actually, I'll, you know what, I'll use ZoomIt, which is another sysinternals tool, so that way I can zoom into things. So live.sysinternals.com slash zoomit.exe. It's funny. I'll be I'll be at a conference, getting ready to do a session, and they give me a demo machine, and then I bring up a browser and run Zoomit. <laughs> so, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, Zoomit is a um, is, is a basically a teacher tool to help zoom into things, uh, and uh, that way you can actually highlight things and document and kind of whiteboard. Um, I actually heard a story that Mark Rosinovich was teaching one day, and then he was using a, uh, a magnification, magnification tool of some kind, and then somebody in the audience actually said, hey, Mr. Rosinovich, I don't think you have a license to use that software. <laughs> wow, have that go over. Um First, it was a gasp in the audience of somebody actually, you know, insinuating that <laughs> yeah. that Mr. Rosinovich would pirate software, right? Um, but in fact, he did. Um, it was violating the uh, the the, uh, the end user license agreement for using that software because he had to be running it with a certain projector, a very specific projector that was required. That was in the EULA. Yeah. Um, wow. So uh, the next day. Mark had written Zoom it because <laughs> nice. he was just fed up with it. And so now he is raining, basically uh, created probably the most important instructor tool ever created. And yeah. he did it in a few hours in his hotel room. <laughs> so, That's anyway, awesome. uh, getting back to this, so I'm now running Zoom it. So I'm going to go ahead and zoom into um, this little web bar tool. Bar, it's called WebBar Toolbar App, and it has 37 of 69 viruses that say this is a bad thing. Um, now, I have to, have to, you have to understand, just because it pops up red and has a, a few numbers next to it, it doesn't mean it's malware. It doesn't mean that it's a bad actor or something that's horribly bad. It just means that the risk of it being something bad is, is higher as the numbers go up. So, and if you want to know more specifics about that, you can always click on the link here by VirusTotal uh, and command line here, and it'll actually take you to a web page that tells you all the things that came up as as a potential thing. And then, yeah, here this is this is uh, this particular thing is Adware Toolbar, and and all of these engines are just really just saying this is a Adware type thing. So it's not malware, meaning it's not malicious. Greatware. It's it's annoying where, as I like to yeah. call it. So yeah. it's just really annoying. So like whenever you bring up like my 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 stepfather, um, poor guy, he would he every time he would bring up a browser, he would get all of these pop ups. And then I brought up Windows Defender and did a full scan of Windows Defender and I come up green, clean, and I brought that up and I did a screenshot of that along with all the pop ups all around it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then I went to the Windows Defender team. I'm like, and why did you not catch all this stuff on this thing? And he yeah. said, well, that's not malware. Right. I heard, I've heard I've, someone gave me this argument too. I, I don't buy it, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not malware. It is 
it is annoying. Yeah. He's like, we wholly agree that's annoying and it's there, but it's not malicious. It's not causing damage to the system. Yeah, it's a horrible experience, but it is not malware. So. But I would argue that a horrible experience is damage. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, the Particularly to the brand. Means, you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so web bar toolbar is definitely coming up as uh, a lot of red. It's 37 out of 69 antivirus software packages say this is not good stuff. Um, so that could certainly be part of the slowdown. Now, that's that's one of the, the unfortunate thing about auto runs is that it doesn't actually tell me what the impact is of this software. It just means that whether or not we trust it. Um, what I mean by that is software is signed by various software packages that or software companies that create the software. They'll put a attach a certificate to it saying we verify that it really is from us and it's been not modified since it came from us. Uh, that's one part of that. Like, here's a good example. This IA store icon software here. It's, it says delayed launcher IA store. This is probably Intel's um, RAID controller. Mm-hmm. And it's coming up as Intel Corporation, which, again, software engineers can put whatever they want as a, pu- as a publisher. They can put in XYZ or, you know, who they can put Microsoft in there if they wanted to. Um, the really important part here is not verified. Right. That's what indicates that it that certificate that's or associated with that is not verified, meaning we cannot verify that it really is from that company. So this would also be on my suspect list simply because it says it's from Intel Corporation, but we can't necessarily verify that it really is. Uh, this doesn't again, this doesn't vilify it immediately as a malware or something bad. It just means that if you're really paranoid, maybe you don't want to run this. Right. And that's the other thing I like about uh, uh, auto runs here is that I can actually click the uncheck button. And um, and then what that does, is that disables that software from running on the next reboot. And so this could be the peeling the onion scenario where you just uncheck everything that you suspect. Like I can uncheck the web bar here. I can get basically that, that disables it from ever popping up or running again. It doesn't uninstall it. It doesn't get rid of the binaries. It just it takes that entry to have it automatically start and removes that entry so that it won't automatically start on the next reboot. Um, and so you can go through this peeling the onion scenario of, a, of basically unchecking everything that you suspect that might not be good on the system. Now, if you go too far and cause all kinds of havoc and the system's having problems and not doing well, uh, what's nice about this is that Auto Runs um, makes a backup copy of that entry elsewhere in the registry. So if I close this, reboot, come back up, and reopen Auto Runs again, I'll actually see these the same entry here with the checkbox next to it that's unchecked, meaning I can check it back again and re-enable it so that on next reboot, it comes back again. So that's what's really nice about this. If you're definitely sure you really, 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 really don't want this and you know you don't want it, you can right-click on this and do delete. Um, but I, that's not necessary, if you, it really, um, unless you really know that it's bad software. So I'm going to keep the IA store icon on there. That probably is legitimate. Um, I don't. It's it's probably just Intel being lazy and not not citing this particular binary. Probably. Probably. Anything else here? The, the, the web bar toolbars looks like the only annoying thing on this thing. Yeah, that looks about it. I mean, this, this is a very clean laptop. I mean, this he has a few games installed. He has Steam installed, uh, all good stuff. But um, he has a few of the OEM-related, uh, OEM being the original manufacturer um, who made this, uh, some software on here. But beyond that, this is a very, very clean system. And this tells me that um, there really isn't a single culprit of software causing these delays. This is really just a kind of an ecosystem of Windows moving on, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, I talked to Joe earlier. He unfortunately he wasn't able to make it to the the the, the this episode or this beating today. Um, but he he said, hey, is the verdict that we're going to have to uh, you know take out the spindle drive and put an NVMe drive in? And I'm thinking, well, it might very well have to come down to that. Yeah. So. Which is you know the nice part of that is that a lot of those when you buy the SSD, it comes with something to migrate your files off as long as you can get them both mounted you know yeah the, luckily uh i guess this was future proof for this particular computer because it actually has an nvme slot in it yeah and nvmes are definitely the way to go if you're going to go solid state uh drives nvmes are definitely the way to go uh it's certainly um significantly more expensive than your spindle drives spindle drives are are a lot cheaper now simply because they're out of favor because of their speed nowadays. Um, but if you're, if you want, uh, I think the reality is if you want a good experience on a windows device that you really need NVMe now, yeah. uh, I didn't think I'd ever come to this conclusion, uh, but it's, we're hitting that. So, uh, anything else you wanted to, uh, collect on this? I mean, no, the ETL file have a lot of information inside. Yeah, and I think that'll be our next episode is to uh, we'll take a you know one week break and then look at the ETL trace and then come back and do a post mortem on the ETL. And I think after that point we'll have Joe with us next week on Wednesday, uh, and then we can basically uh, you can give him the news. All right. <laughs> All right. So looking like, forward to it, Doctor Stokes. What's the verdict <laughs> here? So. Uh, I don't. I, the other thing I would also want to add here is that we could run Process Explorer, mm-hmm. uh, another system internals tool on this machine. Um, what I like about the Process Explorer is that if you're immediately having problems on your PC, Process Explorer does a similar kind of uh, trust verification check and virus total check that then will allow you to immediately see if there's a malicious type of process that's running and uh, you can always right click and suspend that process. Um, Mark Rosinovich a few years ago had this uh, series of uh, hunting malware with sysinternals tools. Uh, he even has it on his sysinternals.com uh, website or FTP site to be more specific. He has the PowerPoint uh, or the, the PDF, I think of it, of it up there. And uh, you can always, uh, I think it's under files. If you go to this live.sysinternals.com and go to files, you'll see that there's a a PDF or a a readable version of that PowerPoint uh, that he did years ago. And it's really hunting malware with the tools of identifying what's trustworthy, what's not, uh, things like that. So it's it's a really good uh, set of tools. At one point, I had automated a lot of that with my own PowerShell script, which I called the um, uh, badass tool, because I aggressively system sanitized the machine, uh, taking out all of the untrustworthy software out of the machine, and then uh, allowing you to reboot into a clean environment. Uh, My parents, (laughs) uh, I love them to death, but um, they install a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, it's funny, I, I'd have them run that script and they're like, oh yeah, every time we run the script, things are so much faster after we reboot. <laughs> and stuff. Like, yeah, because it's pretty much cleaning the machine, uh, aggressively yeah. removing anything we don't trust. Uh, but it's a very, very subjective trust list because I put in just things that I know and trust from co- from corporations that I know to, that are trustworthy. Um you know, and that's only trustworthy to the point where if nobody takes their certificate and signs their own stuff with it, right? Right. So, uh, so there's certainly some in, uh, innate, least, innate stuff with that. So, yeah, I took out uh, WebBar Toolbar app, um, and that's the only thing I kind of told it to remove. I mean, just for good measure, I'm going to go ahead and reboot. Um, I doubt there will be some miraculous turnaround of performance on this thing, but I will do good measure here to uh, to go ahead and reboot this machine. Oh, wow. It's it's still at 100% disk. Wow. It's insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, just poor Xbox console companion just wants a little bit of time on the, on the disk, and it's the poor thing is just dragging against it. So I don't think this thing will ever catch up. Which is sad. It is. I mean, every one of these processes is Microsoft. There's there's yeah. no third party software trying to get disk out here. This is all Microsoft stuff. Um, it's just a sign of the times, I think. 
Might be. Okay, well, I'll go and do a quick reboot, but uh, I doubt much will change here. Uh, I think we're getting nearer the end of the podcast this episode here, too. Anything you wanted to add while I do the quick reboot? No, I'm good. Um, I actually found the syntax problem of why the, the boot trace might not have worked. As you had, I, I'll send it to you. It's just a different command line switch. But I'm kind of curious what this trace will look like and when it actually stops. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that'd be good to, to talk about. Um, I think yeah. we should do um, articles to uh, our, our own articles to talk about uh, what we did to this computer and, uh, and the evidence we gathered and, you know, the process we logic we used and, uh, and going through all this. I think a lot of people will benefit from that. Yeah, I like it. It's a good plan. And I mean, I'm actually perfectly fine if we do separate ones too, you know, and re- refer to each other's each other's entries too. That'd be cool. Yeah, actually, it's like two different takes on it. Yeah, I like it. It's always good to have different opinions, right? Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let me let this thing uh, boot up and to see if it gets a little bit better. Any comments from the peanut gallery, Tom and Joanne? Uh, we ran that. Um performance analysis the the boot time um dying to see the results that really that that would be very interesting when that comes out oh you did it on your own computer no no no. uh you you ran one on this system yeah 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 as far as analyzing etw traces uh i can't think of anyone better than jeff stokes uh this guy is a machine when looking at these things um, he's like a, he's like a ETW whisperer. Uh, cause he just like, I, I don't what I think was it a game I was playing years ago on windows seven and I took a trace. I'm like, dude, it's like, it's like I'll play playing the game. It works great for an hour. Uh, and then after an hour into it, it's like a slideshow. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, he looked at the ETW trace. He's like, do you have, usb audio attached to this thing and i'm like <laughs> yeah that's kind of scary uh, what else do you know about my computer <laughs> and he's like yeah i think this is a usb issue uh with a lot of interrupts i think it was right dpcs yeah for yeah, future calls yeah. yeah and uh sure enough he's like he's like well try running the game without the usb headphones and i did and it ran great after that so i'm like yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's we certainly looking forward to the results of that that'll be interesting. Yeah, that yeah, it's, it's really complicated though. Unfortunately, uh, we actually have. I mean, I used to teach like uh, three day or four day workshops just on this ETW tracing and analysis because there's a lot to it. Um, ultimately, I, you know what would be really cool is if we developed um, a parser for boot traces that would just give you a report. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't be that hard because we used to do it in Boot X-Ray years ago. Uh, that parsed it into a, a SQL database, but um, yeah. I don't think it'd be a far-fetched to um, convert a boot trace into um, you know, here's all the services that are causing delays. You know, not reporting back to the service control manager. Here's all the um, group policy objects that are synchronous and causing delays with that, you know, just yeah. all those things. I mean, I, 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 do you know of a tool that does that today? The, no, there used to be one and uh, they got bought and they just disappeared. Remember it was called Saludo? It was actually like a little MSP kind of program where you, know, you could like keep track of your parents' machines and check on the health and all that. Or oh, God, I never heard of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but someone bought them, and I don't know what they bought them for, but they made all that stuff go away. You can actually pay, like, a monthly subscription to, like, manage your family's machines with it and stuff. That's yeah. the last one I remember seeing that was really good. Well, that was, like, six years ago. I think one way or another, I'm going to write one. All right. You know, I think it'd be fun. I look forward to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we take probably... I mean, I'll do it with my infinite free time I have, right? Of course, yeah. but, uh, but we'll get something together. And just so you know, then the audience here, I have uh, this whole time I've been rebooting this machine, and it's obviously not any better. Um, so taking out web bar certainly was not a significant thing. I didn't think it would be. Yeah. So uh, it is what it is. So, And we'll look at the trace, and then uh, we'll do uh, another episode on the analysis that next week then. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for joining. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.